Sister Moore, I'm humbled to be here tonight. I'd ask Sister Melanie to come back to the music. I'm not one of those ministers that minds the music till I get started. It helps to, to soothe and to calm me at least. I've had this for a while and uh, didn't really know why I had it, but now I know, Pastor. Now I know why I've had it. So it's uh, God loves us. He's very, he's very, very mindful of us and of where we are. He's, uh, he's very kind. And he's he's very he's very gentle of where we are in any time and any situation that we're in. If you have your Bibles, and turn with Isaiah chapter fifty-three. I love and appreciate my church family. Um, I realize that more and more all the time, and I just I pray that that God will minister to each and every one of you tonight. Um, I will try to do as quick a work as Brother Ford did last time he preached, but no promises. But I won't try to do as good a job as he did because he did an outstanding job, so I'll just be me, okay? But uh, So if you have your Bibles, it would turn me to Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5 simply says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Turning over just a few pages to Jeremiah chapter 8. Read one verse of scripture there. It's verse 22. It simply says, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of my daughter, of my people recovered? I'm going to minister tonight by the help of the Holy Ghost just a little bit. He's your bomb in Gilead. He's your bomb in Gilead. It's, uh, God is so mindful of us. You know, he's so, so, so mindful of us. I think I've told you, showed you this before. That's just below the verse that says, But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. 
They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and they not faint. That ink mark happened about 2 o'clock in the morning. When I just, I, I don't know what, what exactly I did, but I was, sitting at a, I was sitting at a table out in the fellowship hall. It was, it was at that time, definitely, it still is, one of the most traumatic events in Brother Troy Ford's life. And, and it was mirrored by a lot of people in this church's time, too. And uh, they had asked me or give me the privilege, the honor, to speak at uh, Erica's memorial service going home. And I was trying to find strength. I'll be honest with you, not for myself, but for my brother. And I said, man, that's the only mark in my Bible. I don't write in my Bible. I don't highlight my Bible. I don't do none of that stuff. That's just me. I can't handle it. But there was something that God was letting me know not to forget. I know I'm taking my time. We got time. few months, a few years later, I don't even remember what it was. I was sitting at home. This is before text messaging was really big. And I did something you never hear of anymore. I pulled out a piece of paper and I took an actual pen. And I wrote Brother Ford a love letter. Remember that? No profound words, but just something that I was there, God tugged on my heart that everybody needs encouraging, and everybody needs to know that I love them, and they often, they need to hear it from somebody else that I still love them. With the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, Sister Moore, we're just going to obey God. I'm humbled by what you said and not worthy but just a vessel I'm ministered by the help of the Holy Ghost your bomb in Gilead pastor could you pray Amen, Lord bless you in Jesus' name, and you may be seated. The small one-room shack was cold and drafty. The cracks in the walls and the floors, they let in the cold night air. 
the only light that was there in the cabin was that of the flickering light from the fireplace. An old black man sat there in the rocking chair close to the fire and cradled in his arm was an old worn out Bible that he held like a precious piece of china or maybe even a small child. He handled it with such tenderness. The children in the house had all gathered around Uncle Simon. Some of them was brave enough to push close enough in and ask if they could just touch the old worn cover of the Bible. Realizing that it was precious and they was few and far between in the slave community. And fewer was the men that were able to take and to read from this precious word of God. Paul sat close to the fire there as, as his wife, she took and heated some water over the fire to take and to wash his back that had been suffered a beating at the master's hand earlier in the day. And Maul began to petition him and say, why didn't you tell him that you didn't take it? And Paul, with kindness, he spoke up and said, because I know who took the corn out of the crib. He said it was the young boy from the farm next door. He said he's sickly, and he took it because he was hungry. And the whipping that the master put on me today, he said he would have never withstood it. He said, but I can take it. He said, it'll be all right. Uncle Simon opens the Bible, begins to read a passage of scripture. And it simply begins, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness, and we shall see him. There's no beauty that we should desire him. And he continues on through Isaiah 53. And Sally was brave enough to speak up and say, Who are you reading about, Uncle Simon? And Ma and Paul that was there by the fire busy with what they were doing. One of them simply spoke and just whispered. He's talking about our precious Jesus. He's talking about our sweet Savior. He continued to read to where he got down and by his stripes he were healed. Sally begins to cry now. Want to know why they're doing this to our friend and our Savior. Paul speaks up and says, you can quit washing my back. It doesn't hurt anymore. I'm okay. And then Uncle Simon, he gets down to the end of the chapter. And there he begins to hum a tune. And it's a tune that they've heard so often. And so frequently, it simply goes like this. Sometimes I feel discouraged and I think my work's in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul 
again. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Don't ever feel discouraged because Jesus is your friend. And if you lack for knowledge, he'll not refuse to lend. For there is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There's a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. I didn't come tonight to make a political statement or to cross any of your historical theories. But the plight of the American slave, the black slave here at the hands in the early part of our country was no less than barbaric and brutal at times. At times we found that families was ripped apart. Children sent one way with parents left to stay. And wives ripped from their husbands and sent their separate ways. They would take, and oftentimes when they was at the hands of cruel masters, they would take beatings for times that seemed to be unnecessary. And so it was that their plight, even taking their freedom away, was enough to cause them to be discouraged and burdened down. But if you look back into the history of time at the beginning of the hymnals that we have, oftentimes those began at the Negro's mouth out in the field after working all day long. Oftentimes only be given enough time on a Sunday to take and to gather and to worship. With all the things that they were subjected to, the beatings, the pain, the hurt, the disheartment, everything that was thrown their way. It was often times that we would hear in the fields and began to sing. There's no friend like Jesus. Or swing low, sweet chariot. Come and take me home. Or nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Nobody but Jesus. Or it's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Or even that they would begin to sing the song that I rehearsed to you tonight. That there is a bomb in Gilead. One that can lift the sin-sick soul. One that can take and heal and make whole. How, how could they do that in the middle of all of their pain and their hurt? How was it uh, that they didn't become discouraged and downhearted and downtrodden? How did they find hope in the middle of everything that was going on somewhere along the line? They got a hold of it that he was more than just a healer of their body. He was more than just one that could take and heal this fevered brow or to heal the one of the cancerous body or the leprous body. But they found in him a savior. They found in him a bomb, a healer, a way maker that could take and heal the sin sick soul. Hey, I know who I'm talking to tonight. I know that I'm talking to a lot of people who have been through some things. I understand, and you can say, Brother Barry, you haven't been there. You haven't walked in my shoes, and I haven't. And I understand that. I'm well aware of that. But I'm the one that God gave the message to tonight to come and to reassure his people that in the middle of your situation, no matter how dark, 
the night. No matter how black the situation or how uncertain the times might be, there is a healer in the man Christ Jesus. There is a bomb in your Gilead that doesn't just heal the body, but he heals the weary mind and the soul that is broken, the heart that is broken, the family that's torn apart, the life that seems to think that there's no hope. There is a healer in the man Christ Jesus. I think I mentioned and said this to Brother Ford the other night. One thing we as apostolics we often forget before the disciples stumble drunken out of the upper room, drunk on the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, before they ever staggered out of that room. He staggered up a long, dusty hill, drunk on the sin and the shame and the brokenness of you and I. Before there was ever a Holy Ghost to be poured out upon us, before there was ever a blood to wash us and cleanse us, he was looking down to 2020 to a man that would be broken when he lost his brother and his friend. Oh, he's got the Holy Ghost, but it's more. It's more than just a salvation. It's more than just a strength. It's a hope. It's a courage. It's a help to come down in the middle of all the brokenness. To reach down to where you are. I know he heals us from all kinds of things. I know that he's still a healer of every cancerous body. I still believe that. I still believe that he's a healer of pneumonia. I still believe that he can reach down into any situation. I don't believe that there's nothing he can't do. But brother Moore, I believe this one thing. No matter how broken we get, no matter how lonely and how hurt we get, he can walk up beside us and begin to whisper in our ear he may send me he may send you or he may just come in the middle of the night and begin to say I know I understand I know it hurts but I am a healer I am your bomb I am the salve I am the ointment to pour into your sin sick soul Mary Magdalene broken Pouring out all that she had, her alabaster box. Pouring it out on him, anointing him into his death, into his burial. And they said, look what she's done. You know why she done it? Because he had already poured that ointment in her. The shame of the past. The brokenness. The ugliness. The things, the shame, the pain, the hurt that was there. It already poured in all of those things that was there. I would love to tell you that every time that you're broken, I'd love to tell you that every time that you lose someone, whether they walk away or they have to go by the grave, I would love to tell you that there's a good sound reason 
that will come from heaven. I would love to tell you that he'll walk up beside you and he'll tell you exactly why that it had to be like that. But pastor, he doesn't do that. He doesn't come by and check with us to see if this is on our schedule. He doesn't come by after the fact and begin to explain to us the things that have happened to us. He doesn't come by and begin to say, because all of your pain and hurt, this will happen. He doesn't say those things. But the one thing I can promise you tonight is this that he will walk up beside you and begin to walk with you and when you begin too weak to walk he will begin to carry you he'll cradle you in his arms and he may never say a word he may never speak anything to you but I can assure you of one thing in the middle of your darkest night no matter how dark it gets no matter how bad it gets there is a savior there is a bleeding and a broken savior there is a bomb there is a way maker that will step up beside you and begin to love you simply begin to love you through it all he is that bomb he is your bomb in Gilead I know I've said this before my wife gets on to me all the time for using her I apologize But when we came to God, Pastor, man, I just had a lot of questions. I didn't understand a lot of things that happened in the past. And how a God that loved us so much and seen where we would be, how in the world he could ever let us get to that point and go through those things. And, and I would love to tell you tonight that I got answers that was clear. I'd love to tell you that he just walked up beside me or he walked up beside her and whispered in her ear and told her exactly why it was and why it had to be. But the answers didn't come and they still haven't came. There's understanding now as to why, but there's really no answers. But the one thing I have found is this, and I've said it before, in those nights after she had the Holy Ghost, after she had been baptized in Jesus' name, after she had had intercessory prayer and just spoke in tongues for hours on end in her closet. I would sit there in the bed and I would hold her while she cried uncontrollably with not a word I could speak and not a word I could say. But then in the middle of the darkest of that night, there would be a man named Jesus that would walk up beside her and without words spoken, he would begin to caress and begin to move in on the situation. And out of nowhere, peace would come. Tranquility would come and there would be joy in the morning you want to know where it came from it came from the bomb in Gilead it came from the healer and the way maker it came from the man the only one that knows how to take a heart that is broken that's been ravished that's been done wrong and to take and begin to mold it and begin to love it and to put it back together again there's nobody like Jesus there's no God like our God there's none besides Jesus sister Moore would you come I'm not going to be long I think maybe the song you mentioned if you could make it through it you would maybe you can make it through it I would love to tell you tonight sister Linda that I've got all the answers I'd love to tell you that 
I'd love to tell you, and I know I'm digging up some stuff. I'd love to tell you when I walked into your living room that day that I could have answered the questions that you put to me, but I can't. But after all this time, I can still tell you the same thing, that we serve a sovereign God, that we serve a God that's in control of everything. And I've watched through all the dismal times and all the heartbreak and all the things that says, you know what? It should, surely it didn't have to go this way. Really, did it have to be that way? And, and the heavens were silent. And I'm not here to play on anybody's emotions. I'm not. Pastor, I never thought it went the way it went. Not in a million years. Not in a million years. If you ask me today, I said no. I never thought we'd put Brother Terry McCain in the ground from cancer. Just didn't think it would happen. So the day I got the call, just that just wasn't going to happen, Pastor. And there's been some other things. There's some of you that have went through things. I can't imagine them. I can't. And I don't have no answers. None. I wish they had answers. I wish they had words. I wish to knew, Sister Leanna. And I tell you. I tell you why he took your best friend. But I don't know. But I can stand here tonight. And pastor, if my life's a different story in the morning and everybody here to me, this precious is gone. Help me to stand here and say, I still know a Savior. Brother Ford, help me the way that I've helped you and hold my hands up. And help me to say, I still love you, Jesus. And help me to say, He still heals me. He still comes in and takes the hurt and the brokenness and the pain that's there. Sister Helen, Brother Ford, if my story's different in the morning, can you come reassure me that he's still the keeper? He's still the way maker. He's still the bomb. Of Gilead. Oh, he's so sweet. What I feel right now is so sweet. There's nobody like Jesus. Brother Edward Ford, you couldn't have said any more profound words to me than this. When you said, he'll do to walk with. Man, and I turned around with my shoulders back. Said, man, and elders told me this. Hey, we're going to be victorious. And I stumbled. 
and I fell. And I got knocked down. And I got dirty. And I got off track. And I got derailed. But something got a hold of me and says, somebody told me he would still do to walk with. Somebody told me that no matter what come, come hell or high water, that he would still do to walk with. That after somebody you think is so close to you, I love this man. What he's went through lately has broken my heart. But let me tell you something that's just amazing as anything I've ever seen. That this man stands in that pulpit without waver, without doubt, and says that Jesus still heals the cancerous bodies. That he stands there flat foot and looks across that pulpit and says, it might not all turn out just right, but there is a healer. There is a bomb in Gilead. And if he done it one time, he can do it again. And I'm not discouraged about what the past was, but I know, I know he is a healer. I know he is a way maker. I've seen him do it before and I know he'll do it again. I know he's the one that can. He is a way maker. These altars are open. I didn't come here with no agenda tonight but to come to love you. Brother Corey, I just come to love on you with Jesus. I just come to tell you he still loves you. No answers, but I come to tell you there's coming another day. You hang on. There's coming another day. Anybody just want to love him? Does anybody just want to love him? Better yet, does anybody want to just come and let him love them? Does anybody want to just come and let him love on you? That's why he's here tonight. That's why he came to Bendel tonight was just to love on you. He came just to love on you. He just come to wrap his arms around you and let you know it's going to be all right. Just let him love you. Just let him love you tonight.
There's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. Able to speak it all, I can only imagine. 
Glad to be in a house tonight that we'll hold the doctrine and the truth. We won't lose our confidence. It won't only be just an imagination, but we'll actually experience it for ourselves. It won't be just a song, but it'll be something that, man, we're just going to see what we're going to do and how we're going to respond. Amen. When we actually look up on the one called Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. But more important than being the Savior of the world, He's got to become our Savior. He's got to become ours. It's not a blank cup. It's got to be a personal thing. Thank you, Brother Barry. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for the word and encouragement. Man, time it's needed. Time that's 
man it. Confidence has got to be in the Lord. Sister Glenda, we I found. I got it. Are you gonna keep notes tonight? <laughs> you want me to ask somebody else? It's it's just keep the basics. Somebody would. Uh, okay. <laughs> 